All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo. It's your boy Dwight at 5172214. Joined again as I am. I can't say every week because it's been like a month with the brains of the operation, the young prodigy, young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. SJ, how are you feeling? It's New Year's Eve. How you living? Um, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. Got a lot to do um, in this little break period, but it is what it is. And I mean, I know you said it's been like a month and I mean, we don't really pull back the curtain too often, but listen, y'all, we tried to record a pod two weeks ago yeah. and that shit did not save. So no. <laughs> you could blame the, you know, powers that be, the technology, yeah. all that. We tried. Blame we tried. the fucking, blame the fucking, well, it, nah, you know what I'm not going to blame. It's my fault. So, y'all, I, uh, I've been in Michigan for, I was in Michigan for a little while, a couple weeks ago. Had some stuff going on with my dad's health that I had to make sure it was straight. So, I forgot to bring my computer, which we record the pod on. However, since we record on Spotify for podcasters or Anchor, uh, what used to be Anchor, they have an app. So I was like, hey, I got my phone. I know SJ got a phone. Let me just send her a link. And that shit did not save. It didn't do anything. It was useless. So we were supposed to put a pot out two weeks ago. But that, I mean, we recorded it. We talked for an hour. <laughs> but it just didn't save. So that's my fault. Anyway, moving on. Um, yes, moving on. <laughs> young SJ. <laughs> uh the league man the league's been crazy since last time we talked even in the two weeks since we talked with the pod that disappeared into the ether um we got some teams that are kind of mid it's looking like the warriors is looking shaky the hawks are low-key shaky the raptors are shaky um what I, I mean, is the the Pistons broke the record for longest consecutive losing streak? It's a lot of teams I think that were trying to to win, that were trying to to be good, and they just they stink. And like we kind of deep into the season now, we coming up on the halfway mark. Which one of these teams, like, what's your viewpoint on the league? I guess from the teams that stink, teams that are better than what you thought. I don't know how many teams are much. Just totally shocking that they're better than they thought. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What's your two cents? I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on um, in the league right now. And I feel like this is one of the more, um, I mean, this season has gotten a, you know, a bit of traction with the in-season tournament being new and stuff like that. So you've seen kind of some of these newer stars starting to kind of stake their claim. Like we have year two of like SGA dominating. Like, you know, last year it was all like, yeah, he's putting up numbers. Like, yeah, he clearly took a leap. Like, I don't think he got like discredited. Um, you know, to say last year, I don't think he got discredited. He, I mean, he was first team all the NBA. <laughs> that's not dis, you know, that's not discrediting. But you know, there was some talk like, oh, is this team gonna be good? Blah blah. Now they're sitting, like you said, deep in the season. They're two in the West. They're two in the West, and it doesn't look like they're trying to give up that spot. Like they're beating, like everybody right now. They're beating teams that are creeping up on them. Like they're even beating teams above them in Minnesota. So like, um, they're serious. And I think he's one of the guys that um, now we're seeing year two of his dominance. We've seen um, Tyrese 
uh, Halliburton, you know, trying to, you know, bring his team into kind of the playoff push. But some of the teams you mentioned, um, the shaky teams like the Hawks, I mean, they're they're a curious team to me, right? Because I believe you and I both, when we did our predictions, we had them pretty high. I think we had them like out of playing range, like in the sense that they were a playoff team. I think I had them four, maybe five. I think it was like either four or five I had them. Year before, I think I had them like six. A year before, I had them pretty high too. Like I've been trying to give the Hawks respect because when you look at their team, at least on paper, that should be a a decent regular season team. <laughs> like even if you don't think they're a, like definitely not a contender, but even if you don't think they're gonna go deep into the playoffs, that should be a regular season team that's decent. But they're like multiple games under five hundred. I mean, they just beat the Wizards. Like good for them, but like. There are multiple games under 500 this deep in the season. And it's not like, yes, um, Jalen Johnson, who has emerged as, you know, one of their, you know, more most important players. Yes, he's been hurt, but, like, your best players have been playing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I think being this bad should be a cause for concern. And that's where we get to um, Pascal Siakam, who might be on the move. And, I mean, we could weave this into the conversation, too, with – OG and Anobi <laughs> getting traded to the Knicks, uh, which hurts my heart because, as y'all know, if you've been around, you know I love me some OG, one of my favorite um, non-Mavericks. Um, wanted him on the team for so long. I said I'd get off the hill, um, you know, unless he's traded or um, basically extended with Toronto, and he has been traded. He has been traded to the Knicks, which is like an extra, granted, for me, personally, I can get to see him locally, you know, I do, you know, go to Knicks games every now and then, um, so that's good on that part, but at the same time, it's like, damn, you're going to the Knicks, like, a team that's been, I, w- I don't want to say our rivals, because we're not even in the same conference, you know, or anything like that, um, but like, we've had some transactional, you know, back and forths with them, you know, be it trades or free agency, you know, signings. So I think um, that is a little whatever, whatever. And, I mean, we can talk about the trade in that who won, who lost. I think it's a trade similar, not the same at all, not of that caliber as Tyrese and Sabonis, but, like, in that realm where it's, like, they have benefits to both teams. Like, if you want to drag it out and really talk it out, yes, there could be a clear winner. Like, for example, in that trade, I could – like if we really look at all facets i would deem indiana as the winner just because i think tyrese is gonna be better to the point like peak better than sabonis essentially but sabonis fits what the kings need at the time and that's to just be competitive (laughs) you know what i'm saying like to be competitive so they had different agendas both teams and they you know won in that regard i see it similar to like that where the knicks i mean og's gonna fit on any team right in that he can shoot defend all that and wing size player especially you're trading rj even i mean people there's a lot of back and forth who's i think people are saying og's maybe a better player but then you have people talking about offensively what they can do but listen og it doesn't matter who's really better offensively in my opinion og what og does like the best or better than rj is what the knicks need (laughs) you know what i'm saying he's more efficient and at the end of the day, that's all the Knicks need. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can say the Knicks were miscasting RJ in, like, a star player role, but I don't think so. 
I feel like as the I feel early on, of course, they hoped he'd be a star. But once it was clear that he wasn't like a star star, he got a lot of support in the sense that there he played with a lot of talent. Like get a space it might not have been um, you know, the best. But I felt like he played with talented NBA players. And it's not like he sucked. I'm not here saying you know, some people say RJ sucks. I don't think he sucks. I'm I'm not a fan, but I don't think he sucks. Um, but I think he's, you know, decent and maybe in a different situation. I mean, going back home to me, I was, it was funny. I was talking with my sister earlier. She's somewhat of a casual fan. Um, but I was talking to her about the trade and I was saying like going back home to play, that must be one of the best feelings. You know, you saw what he did for team Canada. You saw how he played in in FIBA for team Canada. Yeah. He, he played well. There's something about, and I'm not going to, I'm not saying he's going to go there and have all this pride. It's still the NBA, but playing at home is a little different, man. And um, presumably I'm assuming they're going to prioritize his minute. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he's going to go over there, come off the bench, play 20 minutes a game. I don't think that's going to be happening. Like, I think he's going to play, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So maybe he could get the freedom to play his game, um, especially if they move off of um, Siakam. Um, now that's depending on, you know, that package, that's more touches for him. Um, and then quickly, not that we haven't even talked about quickly. I think quickly is going to blossom. Like I've seen some people go as far as saying Harden and Shea kind of like trades. I don't think it's like that. I won't go that far. Like I understand if you're saying it's the same realm, like how I just compared it to Sabonis and um. Hallie, like, sure, if you're saying same realm, sure, but not, like, on the same level. Um, I don't think Quickly is going to be a, like, those guys are, I mean, Shea has shown he's an MVP type guy, and Harden clearly won an MVP. I don't think Quickly is going to be MVP, but he's going to be, I think he's, like, 22 a game, like, as soon as next year. Yeah. I, I, I can see it. That, that. 22, 23, bro, like, he's going to have, like, a maxi type I don't think he's going to be as good as Maxi, um, but it's going to be like that, where now he has the freedom to play. He's playing off Scotty. Scotty took a leap. And, when, like, I think he has the, um, not like playmaker, but he has the passing and some playmaking chops where if he continues to um, improve his game, it's going to open up, you know, things for other people. So I think um, them growing together, I think that was just a dynamite move putting a guard like that, um, pairing a guard like that with Scotty, the dynamic kind of shot creation, like what, um, I mean, IQ still has to, you know, improve on a lot of things, like getting to the rim, all that, um, but I think his kind of shot making, like he's super efficient, he's super efficient, and to me, um, like guards like that, and I don't really want to call him, a, he's not that small, like, yes, he's a, he has, like, a 6'9 wingspan, so he's not, like, super, like, tiny or anything like that, but he's still a smaller type guard, but when you're that efficient to me, that always jumps out, that was, remember, that was the marker for Brunson? Yeah. When yeah, he wasn't putting hype. up super hype, we were like, guys, yeah. he's super, but, like, we're, like, a 6'1 guard shouldn't be shooting 50% from the field. That was, like, the marker where we're, like, hmm, he's super efficient. Like, now, IQ isn't that efficient, like, 50%, but he's, like, I think he's shooting, like, 46, 40, 80, like, that's, and he's not taking the easiest threes either, no. and he's shooting 40%, you know what I'm saying? So, I, I like to me that's like a good indicator. He he, he can guard too. I, I think. And he can like I said six nine wingspan. Yeah, he can guard. He yeah. 
People are saying like, oh, he he can't guard. He's awful defense. I was like, I don't agree with those assessments. You're just thinking small guard. He can't guard. But no, he actually can like. I'm not saying he could go out there and guard wings. Obviously, you know that's not the case. But he could he could six nine wingspan. <laughs> he could guard. Yeah. yeah, I I like the trade for both sides. I I don't know. I I, I think R.J. Barrett stinks. I'm sorry. Oh, you're I, one of the ones that stinks. I don't see. I can't get to stink because another thing, he can guard. He's reminding he can remind me of uh if he locks like let's say his career like let's say in toronto if he goes on and he really can't get the offensive game going he can kind of develop into a, a more souped up offensive Nikhil alexander walker and i know people might say oh my goodness that's awful Nikhil that's... is a good nba player <laughs> like, oh, i had to defend hey, him man. Before. hey man that's like that's like saying he stinks, man. No, but Nikhil doesn't. I'm just, okay. Know, what no, what I, I meant, I, I know. I, yeah. But I the framing of it is that he can be a he can be a specialist if he wanted to. That's how that's how much I believe in him guarding too. I think he could really guard. But besides that, I just I don't believe in his offense offensive touch, which is why I don't think he's gonna like. I don't see him averaging 23, 20, mm -mm. not with that touch. He's a little inefficient, but I don't think he stinks. You said stinks. Well, when I say stink, he he's not like a negative NBA player. I just think mm -hmm. there's some people who believe he had star potential. I said I've always said he's a guy that's just gonna be a decent NBA player that could maybe sneak into um an All Star game one year. Like if there's a bunch of injuries, you know, like that could maybe do that. But that's about it. I he he could be like a Tobias Harris type without without a less offensive because I feel like oh, but, oh Tobias is more um offensive mind so he and he's a little bit better of a defender than Tobias but worse offensively but I, I see it like that where they're like a good NBA player but they're not anything you know what I'm saying anything crazy yeah. I mean he got a team to give him 30 plus million bro I can't argue with that I can't. I can't yeah. argue with that. I you just, see the rookie extensions, like he got a he got in the hero bags of the world. You know, they saw him as a hero type. A Mac like that's what hero got in um pool in them. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was in that um and what's interesting about that, I feel like that's a little subplot. Um two of them had to be salary dumped so far. Yeah. One of them that signed contracts around that time from the 2019 class, that 2019 class, two of them has been salary dumped so far <laughs> in pool and are now RJ. And I don't want to say salary dump. He wasn't a salary dump, but he wasn't a prize in that trade. He was not the prize in that trade. Um, So mm, that's two. And then Hero is a miracle. He's still on the heat. You know, they've been trying to, to get rid of him. So like that class, that class is, is interesting to take a look at. But yeah, yeah that was yeah. just a no, side no, plot. No, you're good. Now that, that has been kind of crazy to me just because like, I don't know, like, I, I gotta explain it. I feel like Hero, RJ, all those guys. I do think Hero was getting. I know they was trying to pack him up, but 
people were talking about him like he was some bum. I didn't like that because I, you know, I get he's flawed. And I know he had flaws in the playoffs, but I, I actually all thought I did think he was decent. I think I thought people were were slandering on him, slandering his name, in my opinion, a little bit more than they needed to. Um, that, just in my opinion. Now, RJ, like I said, maybe it's just because so many people gassed him and. You know, I follow a lot of people on Nick's Twitter and, you know, Jalen Brunson's still my guy. So they just, they kind of gas him up. And I just never thought dude was as good as the gas. So like I was saying, I, I probably need to say he doesn't stink, but I don't know, man. You know, I thought Jordan Poole was decent and then he's in, in Washington and he, I don't know, like, it's just, it's weird because Jordan Poole was one of the best players on the championship team. And that usually is the barometer for me for like that, that player is at least good, but like, it wasn't like Jordan Poole was averaging like 12 or 13. Like he was one of the leading scorers. I think he was either second or third, but then he gets to Washington and he's just ass. So it's, I don't know, man, that, that trio, that three pack of players, they, they're just really, really interesting to me and how we're going to look at them and move them forward. Um, what I do think quickly can make the leap. I do think quickly. Mm-hmm. How much do you think he's getting? How much, how much do you think is back? Oh, I don't He So he wants like 30, 25 to 30 million. Hmm. I think he gets in between that. I think he, he, cause he wants like, that's the range, but he was looking for like Devin Vassell money. Devin Vassell got like 27, at least starting this, like the, the starting salary. I think he gets, I do think he gets Devin Vassell's money. He's shown more than Devin Vassell actually, <laughs> like in my opinion, like, yes, Devin Vassell has the archetype you like, blah, 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 blah. But like, I think he should be able to get that. You know what I'm saying? I think he is not, he's not crazy for asking for it. I don't think it's crazy to give it to him. Like I said, that, that matches up with my prediction of him averaging like 22 next year. Yeah. I think he averaged like 22. Because that's the thing. He's averaging like 15 points. He's only playing 24 minutes a game. And he's averaging 15 a game. Yeah. Like, I don't think people is realizing what the Knicks try. And I, here's the thing. I don't think it's some, like, huge sabotaging job they, they were trying to do. But Knicks were trying to do the typical restricted free agent, like, tactics with him. Like, why is he playing 24 minutes a game? You know what I'm saying? He's one of the best players on your team, and he's playing 24 minutes a game? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, what's... What, what are we doing? And that is something a lot of Knicks fans say. Like Exactly. They wanted him to play more. And I get it. And, you know, Tibbs, they're not trying to play two smart gu- small guards. Blah, blah, blah. That's why like that's why I'm not killing the Knicks for the deal. Because people are like, oh, my God, IQ could be better than OG, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, you got a player that you can play. Like, you know, fits with um your lineup and you can play. And then by the time you have to pay quickly, that's what you were trying to avoid. You don't want a lot of your resources going into essentially the same position. You know what I'm saying? With two guys that you're not going to play together. And I get that. That's, you know what I'm saying? That that's why I can't knock them because if I see logic to what you're trying to do, I'm not going to, you know, knock it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think IQ is going to be just, 22 a game, yeah, and the Knicks were not trying to really pay him. We're trying to see if they could keep the numbers a little bit down by not playing him too much, and he's still averaging, 50, like I said, 15 and 24, 24 minutes a game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that that is. That, 
he's gonna I, average like 20 maybe even more than 22 maybe i'm even underselling him the, the more i'm um, really sitting here thinking about it like you basically traded og and Adobe, who you didn't feel comfortable paying for or you knew wasn't gonna sign because i think i did think og was gonna be able to go wherever he wanted to go yeah like, i should listen let's see we all should have been paying more like the it had been a rumor remember in the off season early in the off season um, that the Knicks, as soon as he left clutch and went to CAA, and then now you're hearing things like, and that's the thing with OG, I've always said, even if it, you know, obviously I wanted it to be us, but I've always said a team that wanted OG, there has to be, you're going to have to talk to him beforehand. Like there has to be some underground thing with him. And now it's coming out that, yeah, he met with teams or he just put the word out to teams that if you want me, you're going to have to pay, you know, 40 mil, like, but if I go to New York, like that, we could talk, you know, something. Else. So he had been angling for New York already. So that was, you know, is what it is. Um, and he said it could be a lower number in New York. So I don't think, remember when you were like, oh, he'll get 40. I don't think he's getting 40 now. I thought no. Toronto was going to pay 40 to maybe keep him. I think he tops, I think he signs for maybe like a, a tad higher than what DeJounte extended for. Yeah. So like basically somebody wait, said wait, 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 wait. DeAndre uh, Aiden money, like yeah, DeAndre Aiden. I think Aiden. he's getting a DeAndre Aiden deal. I yeah, think, I think yeah. he's getting so like more, more than Dejounte. Dejounte. Well, that's what I'm saying. A tad more than De- yeah. what De- I think it was just a little bit more. Like De- Dejounte's Murray's money, and um, I think Dejounte got like thirty, thirty-one, and Aiden is like thirty-three, thirty-five. Yeah. For yeah. some reason, I thought Dejounte's bag was less than that. You're, you're right. It's mm-hmm. it's this was twenty-eight. Oh, 20, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 28 so, a year, so... Oh, 28, uh, yeah, so I bought DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is what I'm thinking. I think he's getting between 30 and 35. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, right there. I, I just... To me, if I'm the Knicks, given their setup, because the Knicks, short-term, they can pay him 35 or 30 or whatever and have no problems next year, because low-key, as much as I don't like Julius Randle as a basketball player, he's underpaid for the production he gives he did, yeah he did them a solid with his back too yeah. he's not making what well, he's making like 25s in the 25 yeah. range 27 I mean, he made an all nba team I, he's I'm a pretty, 30 million like as much as we just, like what he produces when he's yeah. like on like he had a terrible start but then now he turned it up that's a 30 plus million dollar player yeah, <laughs> like, exactly is... and it's like at some point like as much as he's like bad in the playoffs or whatever buddy giving you 20 and 10 on a team that's solidly a playoff team won a playoff series you know and then we know Jalen Brunson is a still like I, I'm pretty sure Jalen and Julius put together make what Jalen Brown make <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying yeah that type of yeah like like less than that so yeah so just, their contract situation is actually yeah they just didn't want to tie up like they could have paid quickly but why would they tie up all that money like you said into um another position like that and then you in the process get off a contract that you thought maybe you know rj could have grown into but it was clear that not really like he should be a 24 to 25 you know 26 million that type not 30 plus he's not a 30 plus guy yet and they were hoping he could have grown into it you saw that it was looking hairy he still could he still could who knows but it was looking hairy and you got out from under that so I think both sides did a good job. I did. I, I think it's like one of those trades. Who wins it long term? Who knows? I'm interested. Maybe Toronto. <laughs> um, but shit, if the Knicks can get 
like if this is like a precursor to like a bigger move and then shit during finals talking contendership then that's a win <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's a win for them so who knows we'll see people are saying donovan mitch i think they should people are saying this for the star power i think they should let that go bro you have Brunson, bro. Brunson is, has shown you he's basically Donovan Mitchell level. Even if he's not as good, you know, I would say Mitchell is maybe a tad better, like in terms of ceiling, ceiling. But Brunson is right there, bro. So I leave that alone. You are building a team. You're close. You're not there yet, but you're close. I don't think they're far away. So no, no, I... you got Devin Jindo. He just dropped a 38 piece. <laughs> I, to me, I, I hate to say it. I think the Knicks are in really good shape. They are, yeah. In short term, um, they can add one more star. To me, I still think they probably need to move on from uh, what's my man's name? Uh, what is my man's name? You talking about Randall? Randall. Yeah, uh, but they need to upgrade him to just a, a better player. Even That's what I'm saying. If they could upgrade more. him, yeah. They they would just be fine, mm-hmm. but but I I just don't know where that trade is gonna come from. Uh, That's the thing. There no no star that they would really need has become available. Like this is the thing. The stars aren't becoming available yet. Like who's the next star people are predicting? Embiid, but Embiid is doing okay still. Yeah. If Philly can get something, like I think Embiid, everyone thought, oh he's gonna ask out. I think Embiid's gonna stay for a little bit at least. Who who's next? People are saying, oh cat. Minnesota is winning. <laughs> They're not training cat right now. Who else? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going down the list and you're realizing, hmm, you know, like everyone was looking at the Clippers situation, like, oh, what stars? Well, I don't, I think those guys want to stay where they're at. At the end of the day, so it's like, who's there? You know what I'm saying? To capitalize on. Now you're looking at, okay, the Toronto guys, one just, you just got one. You know what I'm saying? But even that is not a, not the needle mover that you want. So, yeah, I don't. That's the thing. Who's actually think about it? Who's the next star that's like quote unquote asking out? I know people are looking at Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell. He's not gonna want to stay, but I don't think he's asking out. He I don't think he's asking been, out. Signing an extension is one thing. I don't think he signs an extension. I think he's gonna be, play it out because, like, where is he going? Yeah, to that's what I'm much, saying. It's gonna be just much better than that. Um. I don't know. I really don't know. Exactly. I don't know what That's star. Why, yeah. I mean, is Pascal Siakam a star? Yeah, but he's not even like asking out. It's just that he has a contract situation with his team. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then even then, he's. I would say here's the thing with Pascal. He's one of those. He's a unique star. In that, you can't like a lot of stars. Well, not even, but like. You can't just put him on any team and it's just going to, like, gel immediately. And you could say, okay, immediate contenders. but And he's not that, like, he's not a superstar. He's, like, because, you know, even all stars have, like, tiers to them. Mm-hmm. I would say he's maybe, like, a tier. Uh, okay, let's say there's, uh, uh, I don't want three versus two. Okay, let's say there's three tiers of all-star, right? I think he's, like, a level two to three you know like in that tier so with that being said those guys when you place them on a team it's not like you're saying okay instant contenders unless your team is like super stacked or something so and then with the fit thing like he's not the most seamless star because you know he plays with the ball in his hands he's he's a really when you look at what he's good at um at least not when he's blossomed into this star role it's kind of one-on-one play 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at it, like, it's, like, attacking mismatches. It's, like, you know, driving, getting into the kind of mid post there. Like, it's kind of, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's not um necessarily uh where he's spotting up. You know, he's not a great shooter. Um, or, um, he can, like I said, he can do those things, like, cut and all that, um, before he blossomed into a star, he did those things just fine, but, um, like I said, if you're talking about, if you want star Siakam, it's, it's a little, um, bit of a tricky fit if you're going down a list of teams, so, with that being said, I don't, I think, when you look at the teams that are interested in him, it makes sense in that, okay, Hawks, They've been looking for a four. I mean, Jalen Johnson looks like he's it, but I don't also mind him, I guess. I mean, he's more of a four at this stage, but he could play the three. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's no problem. The Hawks just need something. You know, we discuss them as being bad. Talk about Indiana. They're four. They've been looking for a four. Yes, they got Obi Toppin and all that, but come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they see how good, you know, Halley is. They want to surround him with as much as they like these teams are not trying to be super bad for too long especially those um those teams that are used to being competitive they don't want to be like indiana like when they were trading Sabonis, they said the reporting from that time like i remember reporting from that time was that we don't want to really bottom out <laughs> the reporting like when they were talking about trading miles all those people they were like we don't really want to bottom out we understand we have to move on you know reset but they don't want to bottom out so as soon as you see that Halley's a guy they're trying to you know get somebody to help so i do think he'll be interesting there especially since okay you have a center that i mean miles has been we can talk about miles's defense being super overrated but um, offensively, he, these two seasons have been like great. He's shooting the ball okay, um, and he's playing in different spots on the court. But he still likes to play, you know, on the perimeter. Miles likes to shoot a lot of threes and stuff like that. Pascal likes to be in the paint. Um, Pascal hasn't played with um, many stretch bigs. Like you think about the um, spacing in Toronto. Spacing has been bad. Toronto has been horrible offensive teams. And Pascal is still able to get you, like, 25 again. Well, now he's, his scoring is a lot down. But, you know, when he was really getting to it, he was getting you, like, 24, 25 a game. <laughs> um, and was doing it efficiently. Even with him not shooting the three well, he can – he can Pascal's a bucket today. <laughs> he can score a bucket. And when he's locked in defensively, he's very versatile. Um, and that's the thing, like – can you think of what Siakam does the best on defense? Like, I know he's a decent defender, but, like, I don't think I've watched him closely enough to say, to declare what's his, you know, strength there, <laughs> you know, and where he could come and help here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't recall him. He's sort of kind of like a big guy, so I don't think he's at the point of attack where he's, like, locking down there. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is, I, I don't know. I don't have a good feel or grasp on that. But from what I watched a little bit, like he, when he locks in, he can, you know, he's a good team defender at the very least. So uh, we need, obviously need more of those. So I don't know. We'll see where he goes. I feel like he goes to Atlanta. I think they're going to be the most out of all the teams. What I've been seeing today, it's like the Hawks, the Kings and us and the Pacers. It's like four teams that like want him. The only thing with Atlanta that gives me like hesitation is their ownership group is basically said like i'm not paying for mid bro like 
we're not going to pay the luxury tax just to be all right. So if you're going to pay him, I don't know, Pascal getting 30 to 40 million, you got Trey. I don't think DeJounte would be part of that deal. I don't, and I really don't know how they can pull it off. So that's the only thing I'm a little hesitant. I mean, with, with the what I've seen is that with the ownership, yeah, they don't want to pay from it. But also they said if you, if there's a deal that makes us, you know, better do it. That was also the thing. Because now they're like, they're not even in the, they're, I think they're like the, well, no, they're in the plane now because the East stinks. But, like, they're not, you know what I'm saying? That's an easy plane knockout, in my opinion. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So, I feel like you can sell all multiple-time all-star, all-NBA. You know what I'm saying? To to the ownership group. Like, with the DeJounte, granted, the GM at the time didn't even want to do that deal. Um, he was advising against it, and then they had nepotism going on in there and blah, blah, blah. But the all-star, that all-star team that DeJounte made carried a lot of weight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In them being able to, um, yes, it wasn't a player heavy thing. It was like Gallo and picks, but that was like three picks. Some of them, I think, believe were like unprotected too. So, like, um, with that being said, with um, Siakam, I think you can sell to the ownership group. Hey, we are close on a deal with getting a multiple time All Star, All NBA guy. You know what I'm saying? Like these ownership groups, it's not like they're watching film closely and be like, okay, Siakam's fit. Like they're not thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? They're not thinking like that. So um, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows though? I mean, like I said, Siakam's fit. He's not like a seamless guy. So even in Atlanta, um, he could help, but shit, it might not look the prettiest, you know, to start. Who knows? But I think, I just think they'll be the most desperate in that. Um, group you know what i'm saying because they're the worst team in that group in that group that i just mentioned so well, they're who, they're uh, probably gonna feel the pressure yeah who the question i have who's the uh i probably should look into it who who's the ownership group uh, i mean not the, the not the i know the ownership group oh the gm that did the uh the jante trade I know change those Schlank. 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 Yes. he basically he got removed he, from power he got removed. He did not want to do that. He said, no, yeah. do not do that. And Nick Ressler, the son of the owner, um, oh, he, yeah, 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 he yeah, yeah. meddled in and was like, now nah, we need to do it, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how that happened. And then he got removed shortly thereafter, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I forgot, that's, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Actually, when we come back from break, I remember that Nick Ressler thing because mm -hmm. I, I, didn't he go to like he was yeah with uh that nick wessler rexler whatever buddy's name is wasn't he uh he went to high school with aaron holiday and then they just yes. magically signed yeah. and they signed, yeah so it was so it was some true nepotism going on. Like, Buddy is truly running. Wasn't somebody else he went to high school? Who else was on that team? There was, was, yes, it was a bunch of people. Like, yeah, that, that whole article. Yeah, like, there was crazy. Yeah, like, I want to say someone else that was on that team also works for the team. And I want to say there's another player that they gave some money to that was on that team, but I might be misremembering it. But 
Yeah, they, they what I'm shit, if that's the person making the decision, yeah, he not gonna fire his son. Exactly. Yeah, he, 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 he gonna let his son do his thing. So Yeah, and like I said, if Yeah, you they could call probably wouldn't do it. into all star, that's what I'm saying. It's just, I mean, listen, anything could happen, as we've seen. But um, just and then, like I said, with us, we got new owners. New owners always comes with something, bro. Okay, not always. Maybe not. Like I don't know the history that far back, but new owners almost always, recently especially, come with something. And I mean, granted, these owners, um. I know we have like a new governor and all that and maybe he like it's not the owners themselves um like that lady and all that they're not the one like they're not super involved like that and it's different from like let's say a, a Shiba where he's like in the mix like you know like he's super in the mix as the guy um so it's not like that but new owners typically are you know they they don't care about the money like you know especially ours being you know, third richest in all of sports type shit. So yeah, they're not gonna, you know, they, they'd like to flex the money, you know, when they first get the team. Now that So, you, now, now that you brought the topic, let's get up into it because I don't think we've talked about it. Like, now that more details have come out about it, yeah. just to emphasize your point. So that lady Miriam Adelson, I don't think she gives a fuck about anything. Like, that's they are so rich that in just given her age, I don't think she cares. It's her son-in-law. Like that dude is. 45 he is the he owns the team technically like his name's on the paperwork she's the money but he owns the team there's no way a 45 year old owner is just gonna be not doing anything and like cuban can say well they're not basketball people like <laughs> i mean <laughs> he ain't either for that matter <laughs> you know what i'm saying he just bought the team he wasn't Exactly. when he bought the team either Exactly. he just went to He games just. Mm hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. So this guy, yeah, he elected, like I said, governor. He's going to work together with Mark. Like, that was the language. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, Mark is still doing his thing, but like, that guy's going to be involved, like you're saying. Yeah. and and I also think I will say Cuba owns like 27% of the team that that ain't nothing that ain't that's actually that's one of the larger minority owners in the NBA based on percentage but he don't got the final say and I think they gonna let him do his thing probably for the next few years but I do think that They they will do something. I do think we got a a bigger move That's what I'm saying, and coming. I don't know if it's yeah, and I don't know if it's gonna be this Pascal move. And here's the thing: I would not hate it. I think there are better fits, and not to say that we should hold out our assets. Like you know me, I'm not one for hoarding assets, especially if we can get better. But because it's not the best fit, that's I am so serious when I say like yes, talent is important. But I'm so serious when I say that I feel like a Luka Doncic championship team. We're going to be talking about fit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, as one of the key, like, obviously every team has to fit, but like certain teams, you could get it done without it being like, you know what I'm saying, super duper seamless. But some teams you see that they're just super duper, like the Denver Nuggets, like that just won. Like they're one of the teams where like, damn, all the pieces just fit so perfectly, blah, blah. And of course they have talent, but fit is also a big aspect. 
I feel like that's gonna be like a Luca team where the guys just fit great. Like we went to the Western Conference Finals. Everyone always talks about the talent on that team, blah blah, trying to prop Luca up for carrying and blah blah blah. But no, it's just that the team fit so great. It's just that fit became more important than maybe it usually is in a typical, you know, on a typical team. Same with the third championship team. Like, yeah, he wasn't playing with a bunch of different all-stars. And yeah, he was magnificent during the run. But that team fit great. <laughs> and sometimes fit is enough. And I feel like um, that's kind of going to be like a Luka team. Where, like a Luka championship, like that team, we're like, damn, we're contenders. And we're in the mix. We're in finals. Like, all that. Like, I think it's going to be a team that really fits. So, Siakam, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm a little weary. That's why I'm always a little weary. And I'm trying to always you know, think about the team and what the team could be from, like, a fit standpoint. But I don't hate it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I don't hate it. Because, one, um, at this point, we all know Grant Williams. <laughs> he's not really – he's not it at the um starting four. I thought, you know, early season maybe he could. He's just not it. And this is not me trying to overreact. Like, even if he starts to make shots again, that's cool. Defensively, one, he – needs to lose weight um because he's slow he is getting beat by everybody every single and i'm not saying he should lock up guards on the perimeter he's getting beat by every single but i saw cat smoke him multiple times in that wolves game cat is like seven foot cat shouldn't be smoking you you're smaller and more agile cat should not or that's the thought cat should not be smoking you on the perimeter yes he's a good driving big but come on that shouldn't be happening so um he's good at bodying up in the post but that's about it (laughs) you know what i'm saying like he makes a play here and there but he's just very small (laughs) is is just the conclusion very small and slow and those guys are bench guys so if you can get an upgrade at his spot it's okay so at this point as it stands we have a hole at two spots still in the starting lineup but oh sorry to cut you up i was saying we started with three holes remember it was the three four and five now we have the five we have lively he's gonna be the guy yes we still need his backup but be happy we have the guy (laughs) at starter we thought we had the four two and then it was just the three but no we have we need the three and the four but here's the thing we have guys that we can throw in as kind of pseudos for the time being but I would like for them to always think about improving how they can upgrade those spots. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm like, I wouldn't hate Siakam because he's still an upgrade over what we have. Yeah, I would take him. And, like, his star, like you said earlier, his star leap came after he, he basically got the ball in his hand a lot. But I think he could go back to what he was when he won the championship. Yeah, I think so too. But then that it comes the price tag. It's like, okay, if he's going back to that guy, am I paying like forty million dollars for that? I mean, here's here's I I don't know, man. Here's the thing, man. Like the Mavs payroll is in a weird spot where they could if they could turn Tim and Holmes into one guy that makes thirty million dollars. Even if that dude ain't that good, that's fine. Like, you can kind of overpay at that slot because you basically got Lively, who Lively is already underpaid given his value to winning. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, here's the thing. I agree with you there, yes. But, like I said, the like, for example, I had no problem, like, with the reason why I would prefer Wiggins is that I have no problem, like you said, that Tim and Holmes money, blah, blah, blah. But even then, getting Wiggins, that's still $30 million into one guy, but that's a better fit. You know what I'm saying? If I'm paying, because even quite as it kept, yes, Kyrie makes us better, blah, blah. The fit between Kyrie and Luka is still not, you still have to put a lot more around them to get it to work, just defensively. You know what I'm saying? Neither guys are, yes, Luka's getting better defensively, but still, neither guy is known for their defense like that. And um, both guys are still point guards. At the end of, like, their natural thing is point guards. They bring the ball up. They initiate hits, blah, blah. Yes, Kyrie plays off ball. He plays fast, blah, blah. But, like, their natural instinct is point guard. So my point is um, putting all that money into pieces that don't fit as seamlessly is my worry. It's, it's really my worry. If you can get him at, like, even if it's, like, 35, I feel like that'd be I'd, I'd be fine with that, but I think he's gonna come in like forty. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that's where I'm. At. I'm like three forty mil, three. You know what I'm saying? Really, like, really, <laughs> like, um, and then at that point, depending on what we trade for him, that's a lot of depth. So it's like, okay, you're working with not a lot of resources now, and you know how. I, f- I mean, this three star model type where you're putting resources into three guys and you're trying to fill it out um like i said Derek lively making what he makes is uh helps a lot where you can overpay for a salary slot but like um i don't know i i don't have a problem i'm not trying to watch pockets or nothing um it's just that um i understand we're still a salary cap league <laughs> there's still limits on what you can do and thinking about all that and then if you look at the just championship teams in general they're expensive, but they're expensive in ways that make sense. And a lot of times, luck is a part of it. You know what I'm saying? You look at the war, especially dynasties and long, consistent, like, sustained um, success. The con- If you dig into the contracts, you have to have some type of luck in there or some type of – it has to fit in a way that, hey, the team's expensive but really fucking good. You know, it makes a lot of sense, you know, type shit. Like Steph making um nothing on his first contract so they're able to get, you know, all these guys and sign their guys back and all that. Steph was making, what, like 20, the MVP making like $20 million? Or was it like, say, less than that? Like, come on, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't happen. And it, that's why I'm like the Knicks. Like, they should really look to capitalize too you have your you know best players are making like 20 something million dollars you know what i'm saying like brunson giving you that type of production with like 24 million that's you know that doesn't happen often you know even with denver like yes they were expensive but um Jokic, um you know he got his max but then jamal murray as good as he is in the playoffs he's an all nba type player but he doesn't get paid like one he just has he's just on a regular max type shit but his production in the playoffs gives you something above that you know what i'm saying so that's why even okc right now they're lucky shade didn't make the all nba team until his triggers went away yeah. shade's making like the regular old 30 million you know luca's making the 40 million and he, listen he deserves it i'm not upset that he you know got the money he deserves i'm definitely not upset at that but shade's definitely overplaying his current contract so i think just championship teams need that type of look. That's why I'm weird. That's why I'm like, okay, when do we ever really see it work? When 
the contracts are that fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just truth be told, like, the contracts are that messed up. It really works. So, yeah. I don't know. That's why you need guys to overplay their contracts. Simple as that. On championship teams. We already have one really in Lively um, so far. But you need a little bit more. I mean, then, I mean, granted, we have three, really. That's really why we're so good. I just proved my own theory, really. <laughs> we got three yeah. guys on the team right now overplaying playing their contracts in Exum. Derek Jones Jr. and Lively. Yeah. And we're decent. You know what I'm saying? So that's you you do need that. You do need that. Yeah. So I I don't know if it's gonna be Pascal, but I, I do this is why some of the conversations in the summer and it's kind of moot now because Derek Lively is so good. But I guess just my general idea is you can pay DeAndre Aiden $30 million if it's Tim and uh, Holmes going out just because we have that salary slot. And I think the new owners are going to do something like that uh, if if a player comes available. If it is Pascal, I'd be cool with it. But I, I totally get your point with it being fit. Um I guess we kind of got to keep room for the for the Warriors to stink, to to yeah, I try mean, to get Wiggins or, or I don't thing. know. What about Kuzma? We could we could make a shake with him too. We could make a shake with Kuzma. I just I'm just obviously you know Wiggins ideal fit. We all know about that. But um, with that I don't know because I'm I've been monitoring their situation and based on what I mean before it was like you know the Warriors don't really make trades like that if you really look at it um like they're not really heavy in it like they 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 tend to keep their guys um throughout the year especially since they're also really expensive like there's not really much they can do um it's usually straight up salary swaps and with them they don't ha- they usually don't have like extra salary laying around um on their team to trade out like that um but this year they kind of do and then I'm just monitoring um I mean they could be a a Pascal destination too, um, depending on where the Warriors wanted to go with money. Because here's the thing, um, Moody, I don't know what's going on with them. On Moody, Moody did last. We played Warriors last night. He didn't play. Moody, did he? he didn't play. He didn't play. And I, I mean, his minutes are gone because basically with Pods playing that much, um, now they're running a lot of like Pods Curry or Chris Paul Curry. And Moody's really a two. You know what I'm saying? Kaminga's playing. Wiggins needs minutes at the three. Kaminga needs minutes at the three, basically. Um, they're playing Sarge and and then Trace Davis now, that rookie big. They're playing him a lot. So Sarge is playing a lot more four now because um, they still got to give minutes to Looney. So all in all, the minutes aren't there for him. And I think now more than ever, if they keep losing, um, and after another year, and then that's the thing. Last year they were losing, but then they were able to settle outside of the plane spot, right at the six seed, because the West had all these injuries. Blah blah. This year is not like that. <laughs> this this year now you're on the they're eleventh right now. Now you're on the outside looking in. Like you can't afford to get like say oh we maybe you can make a run. No, it's kind of getting dire for you. <laughs> um, so now you got to do something, which is why I think this year more than any other year. They might be more inclined to do something because it's like, hey, we won't even make it to the dance, you know, type of thing. So I feel like they're the type where they're like, if we get into the playoffs, we have a shot. Like, that's how they were operating last year. You know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, we're struggling, but 
just get us to the playoffs like core three steve curry we've never lost remember it was like we've never lost in the western conference like there was just a lot of that going on and then they got beat right so that the yeah, level of arrogance kind of you know naturally decreases there and then now it's like you're not even in the plane so it's like i feel like they might feel the pressure and then now they got new gm um dunleavy he already made his you know mark he came out the job traded pool right away <laughs> you know what i'm saying he already um showed them kind of like hey we will move guys and i think with wiggins um i've been trying to watch that and it's kind of like yeah they're open to moving him before it was kind of like they saw him as a core guy especially since he took a discount really to stay with them um so it was like yeah I viewed as a core guy but now it's like hey we're open to trading him i mean they benched him they benched him and i think he just projects as a guy that you know he's still gonna play i mean by all accounts he's still been a you know good teammate engaged he's actually looked a bit better coming off the bench but he's a guy that probably believes he's a starter he's in his prime he probably like he can get one more bag like if he plays well on his contract he's set up to where he can sign another one like he'll still still be in his like prime i think he'll be like what 31 at the end of um the contract yes yeah 31 so that that's right at the top of your prime you know what i'm saying he can get another bag so i feel like he might be and listen this is me speculating i don't know andrew wiggins okay but hey you don't know who knows he might want to be in a situation where he can set himself up for another bag so i think um a team yes you won a championship with them they benched you and again they have guys that can slot in your role in Kaminga. Kaminga is starting, and he's looked good. And then, you know, Dre's going to come back. And then Kaminga, he's a guy that he's not shy to say what he wants, like in the media, talking about how he's handling his minutes. Because they were dealing with him funny, too, with DMP all that early, too. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of funkiness going on. I'm sorry. Like, just a lot of funkiness going on with the Warriors. Like, when you look at like to me when things like that are happening um it's just it just puts a funk around the organization you know you're losing guys can't get on the floor that naturally brings about some resentment imagine it's like damn y'all lost the game and i can't go and that's the thing it's not like he plays bad when he plays you know what i'm saying moody's a good mb like a decent nba player when he plays like any other team he'd be getting minutes you know what i'm saying like he'd be getting minutes and playing but it's just in their situation they can't accommodate for that and I mean, I don't know. It brings about a funk. I feel like to your lineup, and then Draymond's doing what he's doing. I don't know. I hope they keep losing. I know you brought up Kuzma, make some shake with Kuzma. In my head, I guess I'm trying to set them up too. I'm I'm trying to give them Kuzma, because <laughs> um, I feel like okay, Kuzma is probably is, is like better than Wiggins at this point in the sense that giving you way better production than Wiggins is at this point. Fits the system in that Kuzma can pass the ball. Like, Kuzma can get back down into a scaled-down role. You've seen Kuzma in a scaled-down role. Not perfect, but, hey, he could score. He expanded his game in Washington. Sometimes you, you know, sometimes going in a situation like that, you can take what you've learned and, you know, scale it back down to look great. You know what I'm saying? We saw Wiggins years in Minnesota as a number one guy, not really that guy. And then when he finally got to scale back down, he looked good. I feel like that could be the case for Kuzma. Um, and then his contract is descending, so it saves them a little bit of money, especially if they want to bring back Clay. So I don't know. I feel like, I, but then I mean, people are saying how yeah they want they are shooting for somebody above Kuzma's pedigree. 
like if they are going to do a trade it's not going to be something like that i don't know who knows that's why i'm like maybe siakam for them but i can't see them i mean getting siakam and trying to keep clan all that like i said siakam's money I don't think Siakam's gonna want to go and pen, um go to Golden State for pennies on the dollar. No, not at all. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I don't think he's gonna want to do that. It's just, he's not ring chasing. He got his ring as the second guy. He doesn't need to penny pinch to go to the bay to get a ring as like a third guy. Like no, he doesn't need to do that. So yeah, who's Siakam? Just the guy to watch now. At the t- we thought we we're like, oh, Toronto's not gonna. Hey, they finally did it with OG. So now, and then we're in the mix with this. I'm saying the new owner thing, that's why I'm not dismissing us. Usually in the past, I'd just dismiss it. Like, guys, of course the Mavericks are going to sniff, but they can't get it, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I can't dismiss it <laughs> with our circumstance, with this new ownership, blah, 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 what's going on, or clear needs. I can't dismiss it, but I just don't think. I think we're going to get outbid. I think we should leave it alone, because if we don't get outbid, if we're giving up a lot like i said i don't think i'm comfortable with just gutting the depth and giving up basically all the picks we can give now just for something that's not a seamless fit i wouldn't be comfortable with that would i hate it no at the end of the day it's still stars whatever blah blah, blah. but i don't know we've seen these big three models where you try to assemble one put all your resources into it that's the thing it's not even just trying to assemble one it's all your research. Like OKC, like I said with OKC, their big three, two of them are on rookie contracts. <laughs> yeah. That's about as good as you can get. And then the one guy that's making the max, he's making the baby max. That's like he's producing way above. So their situation is probably the best you can get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then you have other situations where, like Denver, where yes, guys are outplaying their contracts, but guys are really adequately co- compensated. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Gordon making his money. I remember when his extension money came out, everyone was like, oh, that's a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. No? No. Right on That's right on what I'm saying. Yeah, the, you know, Jokic got his fat max. Um, Like I said, Murray, in the, I think in the regular season, that's about what, you know, Murray, in the playoffs, he outplays it. But in the regular season, that's about it. Michael Porter Jr., people thought it was a massive overpay. No. He, he trusted the team. They trusted him. And I feel like he's been playing to that. A 3 and D, listen, a 3 and D guy. And now he's a D, he plays defense, especially in the ways that you want it. A guy that shoots lights out at 6'10, yes, he commands, he's, he's commanding that type of money. Like I said, KCP, decent extent. Like they just, their money, you know, matches up right. So I want us to get our books. You know, we can't have a guy getting DMPs making. 12 million dollars you know what i'm saying yeah. you can't have that you can't have that and be winning like you know what i'm saying maxi on the hospital bed 11 million dollars you know what i'm saying we that is is you got to clean that up a little bit in years past it was like powell and powell will make 11 million dollars to play like 13 minutes again like that you can't have that you know what i'm saying you can't keep having that and even um i mean tim's money is not that bad you know the descending contract this is why descending contracts are some somewhat of a cheat code because now it's like he's making what 18 mil next year's like what 16 mil that's about what tim does yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's a, literally about what tim does so that's you know cool um but you you just gotta like i said we have two guys making 40. and luca obviously is playing up to you can argue he needs to make more blah blah he's obviously worth his money Kyrie. 
at this point, I think he's worth that money. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's fine. Maybe, like, I think he's worth it because he could scale up and scale down. He could scale how you want him to scale, I feel like. So, fine. But they're still making 40 now. So, that's two guys. So, not, I think that right there, now you need to kind of be smart with where you put your resources. And then with Lively on the rookie contract, that's where that's where some of our luck is coming in, which is why I want us to capitalize. That's why I'm like, don't wait too long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't wait too long with things like this. Like if Omax would have hit, mm, that would have been the only thing that would have made the season. Like, I mean, we still, we still we still got so we still got chance. No, I know, I know, I know. But I mean, like, I I don't want it to say I I don't mean to say that he's a bust or anything. I don't mean to say that at all. Um, just you know, like, it already. Just like already. Like imagine if he would have like hit already like where we could have like maybe even not a starter maybe not starting it but he's in the rotation i think that would have made a you know a difference especially with maxi being out too could slot him in the four he could have made a difference but he's not here yet or he's not you know he's not here yet to play and then i can't get too attached because i feel like this might i don't want to make a prediction or anything because the league won't change it so often but i don't know it's feeling like we're not going to do much at the deadline, if anything, really. Oh, we might do something here and there. I'm noticing Nico so far in his career, he has a pattern of wanting to do things at the deadline. <laughs> so we'll see if his pattern holds up or not. But I don't think they're going to do anything big. I think in the summer. I think in the summer they're going to, because then now Holmes is officially expiring because he's going to pick up that player option. We all know that. So he's officially expiring. Tim's expiring. You have Omax. Josh's money is just his money now. It's no poison pill shit anymore. Um, I think Cardi still has, you know, another year on his contract, technically expiring. And again, picks open back up. <laughs> you know, I think they're in a, you know what I'm saying? I think that's a much better situation in terms of trading that makes trades more clearer than now, which is why I think in the summer, Shit, Omax, we better cherish all the times he's on the court for us. <laughs> I fear he might be gone <laughs> um, he, he by the offseason, yeah. Because, like I said, he'd be at that point. Um, depending on how he plays out the year, what happens if he goes back to G, blah, blah. He still might be a tantalizing prospect that you haven't seen much of. So, I just, and like I said, Josh's money, depending on how he ends out the year, he could look that contract could be looking like a steal or if anything not bad that's the thing i don't think as long as he gets better and stays consistent i don't think that josh contract is ever going to be a bad contract he's not making anything really no, <laughs> you know no. for his age no so that's why i know some people were trying to freak out i was i was getting, i was getting a little nervous when he's playing like ass and then he got hurt i'm like you know yeah. No matter what money it is, if you ain't on the court, what we talking about? But he got yeah, it. but he's back. Yeah, so we'll see. But like, like I said, I just think in the I'm fine. I would like them first and foremost. I'm on the side of try to improve where you can improve. I it's like so that's why I was like, listen, if they needed to go for OG, go go ahead. That you know that's why I was like that. But at the same time, I'm also fine if this is just a, like you said, stamp pack. They evaluate who needs to stay, who needs to go, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Right now, we know the core now. Before, we thought Grant was in the, nope, 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 nope. Now, it's like, it's really lively, Luca. Like, yes, Kyrie, listen, I don't think we're trading Kyrie anything, so I should include him anyway, because I don't think we're trading him. Um, But 
I don't want the impression for me to think he's listen. If we can trade Kyrie for a Kyrie upgrade, should do it. But there's not really many upgrades coming, and we just went down the list of stars that might not be available. So that's fine. But Grant, you're not safe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You are not safe. He ain't safe in them streets for Grant. No, he's not safe. He's not like nobody. And then at this point, Exum is like a he's like a fine if he keeps up this play shit we have another year of him making pennies on the dollar and then we'd have some early bird rights so it's like okay he's a pretty much a no i don't want to say untouchable type shit but like he's pretty much here to stay as a guy that's in like outplaying this contract it's like he gonna be tim like i said tim now we've been talking about tim being traded for a very long time it seems but at the end of the day he's going to be expiring and if we don't hear, I don't think they're going to extend him. I think they, that's just not going to, even the last time they didn't extend him. They just let him go into free agency and we resigned him. So I think it's going to be the same where they're not going to extend him. And he's going to be an expiring contract with Holmes. And like you said, that's like what, I think that money together is like, it'll be what, 16, 12, it'll be like $26 million. And then you have Maxi another year chipped off of his money. Like, I just think they things can happen in the summer. But the problem is, like you said, who's going to be available? That's always the question. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I don't mind. I just I just like Wiggins because he fits. I don't think he's going to cost, like, too much. Like, I think we can get out of there without even giving him a first. And to me, that's a win. If you can get a, a starter by giving up maybe one rotation guy and no firsts, that's a win. Because in my hypothetical deal, who's going out from us is Josh Green, Holmes, maybe Hardy, um, and like a second, and we get a starter. Only guy that really plays, like, yes, Hardy has been playing recently, but mixed bag, mixed bag of results with it mostly being bad. <laughs> and Josh, I mean, he had a good game, but we don't need I don't think we need him to win games <laughs> you know what I'm saying in the sense that um we have guys that can do what he can do in Exum so yeah we we will see what the Mavericks choose to do um this deadline but we're getting into that home stretch like that January 15th deadline is is coming up we already saw the big trade of the season so far I mean we always forget the James Harden one happened early <laughs> on in the season but this one is like the first one that really officially kicks off like trade season. So we'll see who um who else is like on the boards. I mean, Pascal's next. That's who everybody else is watching. And I think um I think people are gonna wait before um they you know, any other deals are made until they see what happens with him. Um, I think it's gonna be one of those things where Pascal holds up the deadline and then once he gets moved or if he doesn't get if he gets extended, whatever the case may be, then you'll see the um kind of Pandora's box kind of open. With another team that could be sneaky, not even sneaky sellers, because they're bad. But like Charlotte. Nobody's talking about Charlotte. Like yeah. I feel like they got some contracts. Like they're gonna have just like twenty million in space because now Lamelo's I think Lamelo's money starts um next year so it's like they're not gonna have too much space you know cap space wise so it'd be wise for them to clean up some of their books and their situation like um i know they stopped re-signed pj but i don't think they're that attached to him <laughs> you know what i'm saying like in that he's he's been super inconsistent for them 
and um, Hayward's expiring, so we'll see what they want to do with him at the deadline. But he's hurt again, so I just think he might just walk. If if they don't trade him, he's just walking. Um, Rozier, what are you doing with him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you clearly have Brand. I think your the core three at the very least should be obviously Lamelo, um, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. Those are like the three we're like, okay, we need to start from here. We don't know what they're gonna do with um that Bridges guy. Um, I'm gonna just leave that at that. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's they could be a sneaky team. We're like, I've had a um. This is not gonna happen, but in my little fantasy world, in addition to um the Wiggins trade, we also trade for um PJ Washington and Rozier. Obviously, like I said, that's not gonna happen, but like. Yeah, I feel like Rory here could be an interesting guy that might potentially get moved. They're just trying to clean up the books. Like, get off that long-term money and see what you can get for him. Um, I think that should be their move. Like, you're just, you're not winning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You guys aren't winning. Your star keeps getting hurt. Um, and you just need to clear it out. Because that's the thing. They never really did a reset if you look at Charlotte. Like, LaMelo kind of got drafted to, obviously, Charlotte wasn't stacked. But he got drafted. They were, like, getting better-ish. And then they drafted him. And then they were always in the playing picture until they moved out some guys. And then LaMelo keep, or kept getting hurt, really, <laughs> after a while. But they were, like, in the playing range. So that's the thing. It wasn't like they were bottoming out until now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until the last few seasons. So um, I think now they just need to... Now they're like, okay, just move, move the money, move, get off some of these guys. But um, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't think there's gonna be too many sellers. No, that's uh, that's the, not the at all. issue. I'm looking at the standings, and even Memphis, as bad as they season been, they ain't that far out to play in. Yeah, they're not gonna sell Memphis. If anything, they're one. Of, they're gonna be one of the huge buyers. If anything, they're gonna try to buy. Um, even Utah, like I don't see them doing a super fire sale like people i don't think they're trading marketing i know people i know it's like yeah he's not like untouchable anymore but i don't think they're trading him unless i think the only team that could pry him away right now is okc and i don't think they're gonna do that so um and i know people are saying oh you're overrating okc's picks blah blah but no it's not just that they could trade players and picks that's the thing they have the unique um situation where they can give up guys who are intriguing and picks you know what i'm saying and a bunch of picks so that's where um and but they can do an offer where the jazz can't refuse but they're not going to do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying i don't see why they would need to do that um even though it would make them unfair but they're not going to do that so i think marketing stays i think he even extends um he has no problem with staying from all the reporting that i've seen so that should be that there so they're not gonna maybe they move off olenic because he's expiring but I think with Ainge, dealing with Ainge is just annoying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I can't even consider them as um super duper movers. Granted, they gifted um we always want to say they gifted uh, LA that package, but that package, like you always say, wasn't all that good. Um, but yeah, there's just not that many sellers. Um, even Detroit, like like I said, Detroit, you can't really label them as sellers. Nobody wants they, everything they, they, they have. They're gonna have to fire. Troy Weaver before anything changes because he's still yeah. trying to win games. 
that's what I'm saying. So they they are probably gonna try to buy. Like that's all the reporting that they're trying to buy just to blah blah. I don't. They're just. I, they just can't don't exist to me as a, a real team right now with the way how they've lost and how they handle business and how they build teams over there. They don't exist as real to me. So that's just that. Yeah. No offense, you know, to your you know detroit native team but they just i don't know how they run things over there they just they don't like, run teams troy weaver fucking stinks and yeah. it's time to fire him but the owner don't care yeah, I, I, it, this i think he this owner this is becoming a money what you call it money laundering organ operation yeah a money laundering scheme like yeah we thought it was fortita in houston but nah it might be tony what's his name no not tony what's his name Oh, what's his uh, name? Whatever. Dude, uh, I forget his name, but I forget his name. Whatever, but yeah, he um, I just don't know how they're running things over there. But um, yeah, I don't know who. Yeah, like you said, the sellers, and then even then, Raptors. They're probably just gonna move one guy if anything. So teams are just gonna have to make do <laughs> with what they have, low key, and see. Like um, I feel like the stars at the top. Like, everybody's looking for, I mean, people are looking to, I think Brooklyn is an interesting name. But I don't know what they're, the hell Brooklyn's about to do. Because they're, like, they're bad, but they're not bad enough to be, like, out of the plane where they're panicking. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know what the hell they're about to do. Me either. Me either. Yeah, we can just... Yeah. Um, to to wrap this up, wrap this episode up. Um, I feel like we did more g- general NBA with some maths, trade stuff sprinkled in there. Uh, but before we wrap this up, this last show of the year, we got to talk about Young Luca. So, something you have taken more heat about it than I have, even though I agree with you, I just wasn't as public about it. Before this year and the previous years of Lucas' career, I don't feel like he was ready to be the best player on a championship team. Um, I think between not being in shape, defense, I thought he was top five. I thought he had a little stretch there this time last year where you can make the argument he was number one. But even when you get into the offensive side of it, like, you know, he for the volume of threes Lucas shot, his percentage was never like elite. I don't even think it was above league average. So I was always hesitant to be like, man, Lucas is the best player in the league. Luca can be the best player on the championship team. He gets you real close. He's a floor raiser, all that. Maybe the number one floor raiser. Eh, no. Yeah, can't even say that. It still was Joker. But he was up there, right? But the way he's playing right now, in my opinion, every complaint we've had, you know, you got weirdo people, truly weirdos on the internet, on the bird app, mad up, mad at you about this opinion, but I think it was valid. And if you get out of his just stats and just look at like the holes in what his game is, and people always tried to put those holes in his game that he had on the roster. And it's like, oh, fuck, what roster you got? If he's doing that shit, we not going to win. He can't be the best the best player on the championship team. But in my opinion, based on what I've seen this year, he's cleaned up all that. 
Um, he can play with pace now. We ain't ripping and running down the court like the Showtime Lakers, but we play with pace even when Kyrie is not playing. And in my opinion, that has helped the others get their game off. That's kept them in rhythm. That keeps them that you get your Derrick Jones Jr., your Dante Axums, your Tim Hardaway Juniors of the world. That's helped them out. A, because we play with pace, I don't think he's having to fight for his life as much. I think he's got more. I just think there's more easy points been scored this year by the Mavs and Luka than maybe ever. It's uh, along those same lines, catch and shoot threes. Man, he shot more catch and shoot threes than he's – 25 games then I feel he shot in any season like he is getting the ball and he is letting it go that was another thing that that bothered me and then finally he's just in better shape so I think he's playing better defense he's still not a great defensive player by any stretch of imagination but he participates I think he's taking the leap he's what 24 so this is about right you know Um, I think even Jokic has mentioned like you gotta fail and then you realize what you need to do to get better. And I feel like he's done it. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I just feel like this is this is the best he's been. And I don't really think it's close. And I remember I was I said this. I thought the the game he had against uh Jesus Christ, why is this the, the most recent fifty point game? Who was that against? Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix Christmas Phoenix Day. Christmas Day. There we go. I think it's the best game he's ever played in the regular season. Because some people brought up the the next game, and I'm like, mm, he's kind of bad on defense. Like they were kind of literally the the opposing team's game plan was kind of like try to get it to his man, and basically because they knew he was going to be cheating off or lose him. And also, we were getting our ass kicked, and that game was against Julius Randle and uh, what's the light skin cat, Quentin Grimes. Like that that's who that that game was against. There was no Jalen Brunson. There was no RJ Barrett outside the first couple minutes he played. Whereas this, this was KD. This was book. I, I know, uh, Barrett building play, but that's still KD and book. He didn't have his co-star and he fried them. He mastered the game. I say all of that to say, do you agree? Do you disagree? I mean, yeah, of course I agree. And I mean, that's one thing that um needs to be pointed out. And I don't think, I'm not saying that to um absolve myself or anything like that, but it should, it should be um noted as something that's good. The fact that he improved these things in the sense that, yes, he had, you know, these holes in his game and he took the steps to improve it. Like he was not playing like this, like exactly like this before. Like, yeah, last year, like you mentioned, that stretch where he averaged, like, it was, like, 10 games. He was averaging, like, 40 and this and that. It didn't look like this. You know what I'm saying? Where um this is the best stretch in in how he looks in that, like you mentioned, his shape. Like, everything, I think a lot goes back to that. And people don't realize, and this is why people were on him for getting into shape. Because this is what it could look like if he's in shape. You know what I'm saying? Where... He has more energy to do little things like people talk about his drive rate and all that. But I don't even feel like he's maybe because he's making them. Who knows? But I don't even feel like he's chucking as much. Like, yes, he's putting up dumb shots sometimes. But I feel like a lot of his looks are good looks. Like he knows exactly where his spots are on the court. 
Like, I was talking about his second year, how everyone loves his second year. And listen, his second year was great, but that is really not my favorite version of Luka, like, um, at all. <laughs> like, it's not up there for me. Yes, he averaged a 29-9-9, and and nobody could stop him in the paint, blah, blah, blah. He was all, all, also guarded much differently then. And two, um, he would just shoot from all over the court, like, in terms of step backs. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would just shoot all over the court. Now he really knows, obviously, the left hash, everyone knows that's his spot. But he knows he, he's good at the top of the arc. And sometimes he can get it going on the right, depending on um how he's moving. He knows this now, <laughs> which is also plays into why he's a little more efficient, in my opinion, as well. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the defense, he's participating. Like, here's the thing with how we play defense with Luca. If you really watch our scheme, Luca and the metrics back it up too. Luca does not have to move much on defense. Unless, like, a team specifically their offense is to seek Luca out, you know what I'm saying, and go at Luca. Like, if that's their plan, of course, but just regularly, a team running regular offense, Luca's not moving much. They keep Luca as the low man, <laughs> they don't put him in the point of attack action, really. Like, Luca stays as a low man. If his guy is running around, like, let's say, um, if, if his guy is doing a, um, what's the play? If it's like an Iverson a cut. If his guy is the one running around the screens, he's not chasing the guy over the screens, bro. They're switching that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As soon as that guy's running through the screens, they're switching that. They're keeping Luca as the low man, usually. So... All he has to really do is watch his guy and provide some resistance. And if he's doing that, that goes a long way for a defense. You know what I'm saying? Keep yourself engaged. You're playing passing lanes. You're doing some, you know, defensive playmaking in that regard. Um, you know, bigs are trying to, you know, a lot of time with us trying to keep Luca in as the low man, he's on the bigs a lot of the time at the end of the defensive possession. Um, and I mean, he could hold his own in the post, you know, he loves that little poke away, you know, um, does that often you're seeing just little things like that would help. Like, yes, there's sometimes he's still getting blown by and stuff like that, but we provide support for him where it's like, fine, we're not going to get blown, blown by, let yourself get blown by, <laughs> just funnel to the big and make sure that you are cutting off that pass, you know what I'm saying? The easiest pass. It's little, he doesn't have to do too much on defense. You know what I'm saying? So if he participates on that end, it makes a lot of difference. Like, do what you're supposed to do. We've built the defense where you're not doing a lot. So what you do have to do, just do it, basically. Just do it and try to do it as best as you can. And we've seen that, and we're a better defense for it. And then just offensively. I mean, what's striking me, which is why I'm like, because last year, I believe he was averaging like he was like 48 and 8, or something like that, something crazy. And then even last year, he averaged 32, 8 and 8. What's crazy about this run is that he's averaging like 37, but he's like averaging 11 assists with that. He's like, and then people say, yes, assists, people have to make shots, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, with Lively, that's adding extra assists. Like he's just a different type of role guy, like in the sense that he really, he could really just throw it up there and he'll jump and get it. But also, it's he's moving the ball a lot more. Like you said, playing with pace. Like it, it's that's more possessions for us. That's yeah. when people are pushing back on the idea of 
running more. They're like, oh, our defense is not bad. Or it's so bad. Like, we need to we need to play slow because our defense is bad. So, we need to... So listen, the cut knock that nonsense out, bro. <laughs> like, yes, that's bro, a cool that reason, but come bigger, on. That's such a crack of horse shit. Yeah, oh, like, the defense on. is bad because we're playing the pace. Uh, like, the defense was ass all of last year. Because it was bad, yeah. Because it was bad. We were slow as molasses. And it was, and then it got better while they were still with an increased pace, even with Kyrie not out there. Just cut it out. Yeah, cut so that's out. what I'm saying. That'll explain, like, good teams, real teams, contenders, they defend and they play in transition. They just yep. do. They just do. <laughs> they just do. So we have to find a way to just, you can't just say, oh, we need to play slow because, no, <laughs> no. We need to find a way to do both at the end of the day. And right now we we have, we've, and like I said, I don't, like you just said, we're not trying to be the Showtime Lakers. We're running, flying up and down the court. No. But it has made a difference. You see it with the guys. You've seen it with the guys. Like, it's making a difference, guys. And then it's not just, um, it's little things where they empower power everybody to try to bring the ball up sometimes. Like, one thing that used to annoy me about Lucas' play, that, that's the thing. It's the little things you have to look for. Like, he's always putting up numbers, but in his play, some of the things, like, we've complained about, it's not just me making up shit just to nitpick at him. It's just shit that I see, you know, and, and want to point out sometimes that he used to do. Like, now he's not doing it as much, which I love because they empowered a lot of other guys to bring the ball up. Luca used to, every time there was a rebound and he wasn't the one that rebound, Luca used to fucking like be on the guy that got the rebound and be like holding his hand out to get the ball yeah. <laughs> like he'd be in their ass trying to get the ball you know instead of just letting them bring it up and go getting it later no he needed to have the ball to bring it up that used to annoy the shit out of me i'm like let the dude like whoever it was it, it could be like tim you know getting the rebound and he's like in tim's ass trying to get the ball like, let them bring it up, bro, <laughs> like, sometimes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, little things like that. Like, again, it might sound nitpicky, but it's just little things like that that used to just annoy. It, it was real control freaky. <laughs> like, that that type of shit. But he's not, again, they're not, he's not doing that anymore. Like, and they said it at training camp. This is not something I'm making up. Tim said it in training, uh, I think it was Tim. Somebody said it in training camp where it's like, yeah, we are all empowered to bring the ball up the court. <laughs> like, we all can do it. So Luca is not, like, if somebody else is bringing up the ball, Luca just runs up now, and he's going to get it. Like, he, he's understanding now, I'm going to get the ball. In recent games, like, it still has ways to go, but he's relocating. The offense looks so much smoother. Like, you can't tell me it doesn't look smooth when we're going into the four and threes. Like, it's not just he's throwing the ball sometimes and just um, just standing at half court. You know what I'm saying? He's getting kind of back into the play. Like, he's um, passing the ball. He's getting, he's relocating to the top of the arc or, you know, spacing out or something. Like, he's, or he's, he's running to crash the offensive glass, I've been noticing, too. Like, he's running, like, that. do that. <laughs> Those are things that you, to me, that shows your engagement in the game. Like, I talked about it today. I made a tweet about him getting into just this catch-and-shoot stance. Everybody knows the stance I'm talking about. Um, I don't know if there's a formal name for it, um, but getting in that stance where you're ready to catch the ball. Luca never used to do that shit, bro. <laughs> like, Luca would pass the ball and stand either stand up straight or put his hands on his knees trying to catch his breath <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> that is how Luca would operate off ball. Now he's getting into the stance, getting ready to catch the ball. Um, to me... 
those are little things like you said it might sound so nitpicky but it makes a difference it makes a difference just in viewing experience and how he operates you know what i'm saying and i you can chicken and or egg the shit to death saying oh well he's doing this now because he has better teammates and they can pass blah blah to me there's no you like i said you could chicken and egg it to death there's no real way to to see which one is which to see if he just got better and now it's standing out um and it's making everybody look good or hey everybody else looks better or everybody else is better so now he's gonna be better you don't know because then when he's missing from a game y'all are posting screenshots talking about some oh this is what he has to play with and he's so you can't have it (laughs) you know you can't have it every all way you can't say well he has better players now so he's doing this but then also say they're you know not that good and he's doing the heavy lifting you can't have it like that so in the day i would like to go with that he's doing things that i did not see from him consistently because that's another thing like he'll make a play every once in a while but I'm not going to put that as something he does consistently. Now you're seeing it a lot more. Like I said, that catch and shoot stands, it's not that one time I saw him do it. He's been doing it more. You know, he's been doing it more. And then the usage thing, I mean, I've stopped tracking it because it's it's going to be skewed with Kyrie being out. Um, all this, like, with all these games, like, um, uh, his usage rate has been super high with Kyrie being out. But it needed to be. And we, you know, stayed afloat because of it. And he played a lot of minutes, so obviously, you know, that's going to be that. But we were seeing the improvement, man. At the end of the day, the things that I wanted to see from him, he's doing. And like I said, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But it's a it's a tangible step. And in my opinion, that's a win. That's a win, and it's showing me that, yes. I mean, I always thought we had one of the guys, but now it's reinforcing that, yeah, we have one of those, you know, guys that, you know, his time is going to come. I know we're frustrated when we wanted to win now, blah, blah, but he's 24, bro. This I, I do believe his time is going to come. He's shown me that he's one of the top three players in basketball right now. Yeah. He's one of the top three players in basketball right now. So he, you know, his time is going to come, which is why I, I would like for them to do a move that makes us just even a little better because I feel like he's now seeing what he can do, how he can help and just adding more gradually especially gradually i think that's really important gradually adding more talent around him (laughs) is helping him in the sense that now i think now he knows when to and like i said it's not perfect but now he knows when to kind of turn it on and turn it off like i think he's his pacing and awareness of the game is the best it's ever been in the sense that he's really like really letting the deep defense dictate like he comes into a game if they're double teaming off rip he plays the four and three perfect and then even then with the four and three he's still ending up with 40 because he just knows where to go now he has spots that are not just left wing like he has that um left elbow midi that left elbow midi step back they cannot stop that like nobody has been able to stop that over the last couple weeks like, his midi is on point, his fadeaways, like, now he has spots that are not just the left three, you know, wing, or hash mark. He has um spots around the court. So I think just having that makes it so much easier if defenses are loading up for you to, you know, get your opportunity to go to those spots and still get your points, but also let others, you know, be involved. And, I mean, we talk about Derrick Jones Jr. I mean, he's, like, he's scoring, and here's the thing. He's made improvements to his game or whatnot. And the thing is, with even with Exum, um, 
I um don't want to discredit those guys by saying, yeah, the Luca effect, blah, blah, because they have to play. You know what I'm saying? They have to make the plays. They have to be the one to finish the plays, all that. But all in all, especially with Derrick Jones Jr., Luca really helps this man. Like they tr- like watch them together when they're running a like he trusts him so much. It's kind of like um it's reminding me of the synergy kind of like Brunson had with him when they really got on, especially when Brunson got on as a um as a starter. Like as much as we could say oh Brunson and Luca didn't feel blah blah, they still played well together in that Luca would bend the defense and right at the moment where um like Brunson and now Derrick Jones Jr. defender would commit to him to try to shade or show help. It's like it's like a kind of like a now and then he throws the ball to him and they just attack the gap so quickly. And Brunson used to, you know, attack the gap and get into his footwork, all that and finishing the paint. But Derek is like he's going to the rim and using his athleticism and going over the top to try to finish over you. So they do it in different ways, but it reminds me of, you know, kind of the similar thing where they have this two-man game where Luca knows when to throw that pass, like, exactly, and they understand that as soon – they're moving before they even get the pass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That That's, like, um, crazy synergy. So I think um, – I just think with the way how Luca's essentially trusting his teammates is different this year – um just the way how he's approaching the game is different this year and I mean I just think I know people are going crazy about the MVP ladders MVPs blah blah him being fourth blah 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 again we almost remember that ladder is one guy's opinion the straw poll is where it's at the straw poll is actually even worse than the, what the ladder looks like <laughs> um and beat is like dominating the at least the last straw poll and Luca was not people he's just not one or two or barely even three He's really four, five on those. So long season, I was frustrating, but long season ahead, if we get healthy, because it's sounding like we're getting healthy soon, um, Kyrie's coming back, I feel like, within this week. Maxie, he was spotting on the court, so I feel like Maxie might come back within the next two weeks. If we get healthy, even if we don't do anything crazy, like, you know, in terms of move-wise, like, even if we get healthy, and Luca just keeps this up because that's the thing. He started the season well, but he went to another level when he gave um when he had his daughter. Like I feel like that's obvious at this point. And <laughs> the numbers back it up. He just went to that other level. So if he could sustain that player, even if not the same exact numbers, because you know Kyrie's gonna come back, so his scoring's gonna go down, assists might go down too. But even if he's like thirty three and like ten, not to mention the rebounds um or the um the shooting split still being high. Shit, I think we can win games. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exum still starting and playing well. Derrick Jones Jr., like I just mentioned, his synergy. I think he can win games. And if we get up there, who knows what the MVP race is going to look like. Remember, there's a games played requirement. Not I'm Knock on wood, I don't want anybody to get injured because this has been an um, you know, entertaining race so far. But you don't know who's going to drop out because of that. You know what I'm saying? Because of injury, because of whatever. It's a long season. So I feel like everybody, I know you're frustrated, but just give it a beat. Let's see how the New Year's, New Year goes. Really, let's see how the New Year goes. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. I'm ex- I mean, we're better than I thought we would be. Lucas made his tangible improvements that I'm just happy about and proud of. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to keep watching out for them. If we can just somehow, like I said, somehow get a starter by not giving up much, which is very rare. It's rare for that to happen in the trade in the NBA. So I understand that is wishful thinking. 
But if we can somehow get a starter by not giving up much, man, 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 yep. It's it's going to be, that's that's why I like the Siakam trade if we're not giving up too much. And I know that's not, like, super realistic, especially with Messiah, because they, you know, people are talking about he didn't get the five first, and he didn't, but they got, I think that was, you know, good compensation for OG, especially if you're not going, like, rebuild tear down wise. So you don't really care about picks. You still got a good one. They got like the thirty-first pick, um. So you still got a good pick, and um, or not good, but you know what I mean. You still got a decent pick, and you got players. <laughs> you know, one of which who's really good, and then RJ could be really good. At least not a bump, you know that type of thing. So they didn't get like a trash um haul for him, and with Siakam, I don't think they're gonna take back trash. And not to say I want to give up trash to get him. But I wouldn't want to give up too much. And I think that's what we'd have to do to get him. That's why I'm just like, I'm not trying to be on that train. But if we can get a starter, man, for pennies on the dollar, I think we could be a team that's like, damn, I do not want to see the Mavericks in the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to be that either way. But either way it goes, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know, man. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty happy here. Um, I do think Lucas the MVP. I, I will say that. I think, well, let me take that back. I think once we get healthy, I think, uh, I think we'll be the fourth or fifth seed after it's all said or done, barring any crazy injuries. So I'll leave it at that. And then I'll say, if that takes place, then I think we'll go ahead and he'll deserve the MVP. But got to be honest though as a Mavs fan I just don't care about the MVP that much I would like it'd be cool for them to win it but I I just want to be a top four seed that's my goal because I think that means we'll win a, a playoff series but either way it goes um do you have anything else you want to add no sir right y'all thank y'all for listening to this we uh we're gonna holler at y'all probably next week and we thank y'all for being patient with us um get this out probably tomorrow instead of tonight because i don't think anybody gonna listen to it on new year's eve so probably put this out tomorrow morning we holler at y'all peace <laughs>